Welcome to episode 9 of Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm Debbie Aurelius and I'm the host of Be A Bigger Fish. Today's episode is actually a solo episode. Lots of my guests have told me that I should really think about capturing a solo episode and I think I'm probably about halfway through the first season of Be A Bigger Fish so I thought this would be the right time to do it. So here it is. I have one main aim for this podcast episode. And that's to persuade you to take the plunge and start podcasting. So if you've been listening to the podcast series and thinking about whether podcasting is a good idea for you, I hope this will be the point where I persuade you that it is. So let me tell you about my route into podcasting, because if I can do it, you can do it. I've been a really keen listener to voice audio content for years and counterintuitively I think the reason for that is that I studied music so my degrees in music I love music obviously but when I listen to music I kind of listen to it analytically and I find it quite difficult to relax listening to music ironically so when I wanted to chill out I used to have to put on a storybook tape or a cd with somebody talking about some specialism and that's what I used to find more relaxing so my route into podcasting then Back in 2012, I was self-employed and working in learning and development, and I was working full-time for a large organisation in the financial services sector, so it was professional development I was particularly interested in, and as a serial self-improver, I was also studying, so at the weekends I was studying for a master's in distance and online education. One of the chapters of the course I was studying was based around podcasting, not necessarily the technical skills of podcasting, but really the benefits of using a podcast as a great way of sharing contemporary academic discourse. And I think it was a genius idea to ask us to submit our essays and the markable parts of our coursework as a podcast series. Kudos to Podbean for keeping that account alive, that account I set up in 2012. It still exists. And I am going to play you a little clip of me from November 2012 talking about how I got my first podcast episode recorded and uploaded. I've never made a podcast, um, but I was quite excited by the challenge and the whole going through the change of learning how to do it. So I hastily skim-read the module guidance and skipped over all the text that quoted URLs and any techie speak and just started optimistically pressing buttons. So when I initially struggled, um, I posted a help me notice on my forum and got some fabulously responsive replies from my fellow students who gave me all the guidance I needed, um, backed up by a couple of um, handy YouTube videos. And I finally achieved a test run podcast which I recorded and uploaded in a cafe, which was interestingly called Beano's, in the middle of Cairo. As I'm sure you can tell from that clip, I was using the easiest possible setup to make a podcast. So I was just using the microphone that was built into my laptop 
I didn't edit the podcast at all. I recorded straight into GarageBand, bounced it straight out of GarageBand and loaded it straight into my podcast host. That was it. So it didn't take me any investment other than in time to make that podcast. So I hope that just goes to show it can be done. You just need your laptop and an internet connection um, and you can do it. And the the terrible echo in that recording is down to the fact that I recorded that episode in Zurich Airport um, in a vast waiting area that I managed to find was empty because it was ridiculous o'clock in the night when I recorded it. Um, so there you go. Just goes to show you don't need a treated room and a really nice microphone. Although I have to say nowadays, I would love to have those things. Um, but you can get going with the, the minimum amount of equipment. So let's fast forward almost exactly two years to November 2014 to the next step in my podcasting history. So at that point, I had signed the contract and I was no longer self-employed. I was working um, for a large corporate organisation in the finance sector. And I'd taken a sidestep from learning and development and into the exciting world of internal communications. So if you listen to episode seven of Be a Bigger Fish, you will have heard my conversation with Chuck when I was talking about that, my early days in internal communications. And if you don't know what that is, Inside large organisations, there are people whose job it is to make sure that knowledge and information flows through the organisation as efficiently as possible. So they create the mechanisms that ensure the organisation can talk to its people and the people can find a voice to speak back to the organisation. So it's a really interesting role that's gaining a lot of confidence in its own professionalism at the moment. So I was really pleased to get this job as an internal communicator and I was a business partner to the managing director of a global team. So it was a team of about five, six hundred people, not a huge team, but it was dispersed literally all around the world. So it was important for this managing director to make himself accessible and available to all of the people in his team. So they got a real sense of who he was and what his vision for the team was and how they could bring that strategy to life through their roles. One of his key touch points with that team and one of the main aspects of my role was a monthly call. So it used to be called the all colleague call because it was designed for everybody to be a part of. And because it was so important for him to make himself accessible and make that connection with everybody, I tried to make that as a like a face to face meeting as I possibly could. So I did that by booking lots and lots of video conferencing rooms in all our different global locations and encouraging people into the video rooms so we could all see each other. So it sounds like a genius idea, but it was a huge challenge. So first we had time zone issues. It didn't matter what time of the day we picked, it was inconvenient for somebody. So we had such a large spread of time zone that it always meant that somebody was at a disadvantage and had to come in in the middle of the night. So that that never really felt comfortable to any of us. And also by the time you've connected up that many video conferencing rooms, it tends to compromise the quality of the connection. So we always had people dropping out and then a whole global location would miss out on half of the call or people wouldn't be able to connect their audio or it just got very messy and the mechanics of trying to connect everybody became more of a challenge and more of my focus than creating the right level of conversation and dialogue that I was really aiming to create. 
So after a few months of working really hard on this, I had a one-to-one conversation with one of the directors um, in that managing director's team. And he reflected back a lot of these problems and, you know, the fact that his team really didn't feel they were getting the value out of these calls that, that we were all hoping for. And he suggested that I ramp down the focus on the visual element of those calls and ramp up the focus on the audio element. And he told me he just started listening to this amazing podcast series. I can't even remember which one it was, but he was absolutely loving it and looking forward to his long car journey so he could catch up with his podcast series. And he really thought that was a good model for me to use for these monthly calls. And as soon as he said the word podcast, of course, it triggered the fact that I could actually make podcasts, that I'd learned how to do that and that I had used it as a vehicle for transferring knowledge before. So yeah, this would be something that I could really get behind. And it totally rekindled my interest in that in that monthly call and completely transformed the outcome. I went off to do some research on how to construct a highly effective podcast episode. Now, believe it or not, just 2014 there wasn't anything online about that at all it was very difficult to find information around that which seems incredible now because there's a wealth of material online now about making a podcast but what there was back then was a lot of information about how to create a good radio show so I read up as much as I could and condensed that into a model for an hour-long, effectively, show um, that had a feature interview and had feature kind of lifestyle sections and parts featuring our employees where they talked about what they were proud about and the volunteering work they were involved in and those sorts of things. And it just transformed the whole thing. It became um, so much more interesting and dynamic and lots of people really wanted to get involved. And because I had structured it around a model it meant it was replicable and I could coach other people around our colleague group to lead that episode effectively so we had people from all our different global locations acting as the editor for that month's call or acting as the host or acting as the interviewer in the keynote interview and it just meant that so many more voices could get involved and people could really feel part of developing this all colleague call and it transformed it it was a much better experience so much so we had to extend our capacity for listen again because it was being hit on so often by people who wanted to listen back to the episode again um so yeah that was a really positive experience of using audio in internal communications So fast forward another few years and I stepped out of my corporate role, not for any negative reason. I really loved working in-house, but I had moved geographically again and that geographic distance made my in-house role feel a bit uncomfortable. So it was time for me to do something different. And I think part of the confidence I got to set myself up on my own was from the podcast content I was listening to. So I got really hooked into a lot of the podcasts that are about being an entrepreneur. There's so many of those around now, right? Um, Online marketing and all of that great stuff that it really gave me the confidence to think, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Um, And I set up Peppermint Fish. So Peppermint Fish is the production company behind Be a Bigger Fish. 
And early in my days in Peppermint Fish, I got the chance to make a podcast series for a client and I absolutely loved it. I loved all of it. I loved it from getting the technical content down to getting the strategy for the podcast sorted out and not scripting, but kind of crafting a really good podcast episode and interviewing an expert from the faculty of this client I was working for. Absolutely loved it. And really wanted to make podcasting um, one of the core offerings from Peppermint Fish. I make lots of different types of digital content, videos, online courses, those sorts of things. But really, um, the audio aspect of it is one of the parts that I really, really enjoy. So much so that I'm also making a podcast as um, a gesture of giving back. So on a voluntary basis, I have been making a podcast series for a number of months now, very, very slowly um, for a specific community that I feel is underrepresented in the podcasting world. So I don't want to say too much about that. You'll probably be launching that podcast um, in about a month's time and I will invite somebody from that community to come and be interviewed on Be A Bigger Fish so we can talk more about that then. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really excited about that particular podcast and I really hope that's going to be a success for the people who are involved in it. From everything I've said, I think you can imagine that I absolutely love making Be A Bigger Fish. I really enjoy speaking to the people I interview. I get really into their podcasts before I interview them. So I cram my ears with their podcast content. So I feel like I get to know them a little bit before I enter into that conversation. And that helps me to um, get that sense of connection with those people that I hope will bring the best out in them so you get to hear really what it's like for them to make their podcast series and what really has made that series effective and successful for them. And I've learned such a lot from the conversations I've had with those people and I'm, I'm still following how they're getting on um, on social media and that sort of thing. So it's really enriched my life making this podcast series so far. So I think it's only fair I tell you how my podcasting setup has evolved since those very early days when I just used the microphone on my laptop um, and, and GarageBand. So I moved on from GarageBand into Audacity. I, I did a course in making a podcast when I started to take my audio content a bit more seriously. And the course was all around using Audacity. So I downloaded it and I did use Audacity for a year or so. Really enjoyed it. Again, it's free software, which is incredible for the sophistication it offers you. So would highly, highly recommend using Audacity. That being said, I don't use Audacity anymore. I have moved on to Logic Pro. I absolutely love Logic Pro. It's got some additional capability that I wouldn't want to live without now. So um, that's now my uh, editing and mixing software of choice. Um, and in terms of microphones, I progressed from the inbuilt microphone in my laptop to using a headset which is fine. Um, and a lot of my big, bigger fish guests use a headset to record their podcasts. Um, but then I moved on to USB microphones and my favorite USB mic um, is an Apogee microphone, which I still use from time to time. It's a really nice USB mic. And in fact, the first three episodes of Be A Bigger Fish were recorded on the Apogee microphone. Since then, I've taken 
a keen interest in my mic locker and I've expanded it quite a lot um, with Rode microphones. So I used an NT1A for the next three episodes of Be A Bigger Fish, which is a lovely bright microphone um, that I've now settled on using to record my daughter's singing voice. It does wonders for her. Um, And I've trialled a shotgun microphone, so an NTG4. Um, Again, that's Rode. And that's really useful for particularly video capture. So I make lots of videos of people for their online courses and wanted to get used to using a shotgun mic for that. That's a really nice microphone. And now my absolute fave is a Rode NT2A. That's what I'm using now. Um, And what I love about this microphone, apart from the fact it sounds great, um, is you can set it to use as a face-to-face interview microphone. So you just need one mic between two participants, which I think is great. Um, So that's the geeky bit about microphones. I can't believe I'm that interested in microphones. What's happened to me? Uh, I should also say that um, I capture the content on a Zoom digital recorder. So I've got a H6 digital recorder. Don't know how I lived without this thing before I got it. Um, it's it's absolutely super. I would highly recommend this. It's not really expensive piece of equipment and it's just so portable and flexible. It does a great job. So I would recommend this. Okay, so having taken up a few minutes to talk about the the tech and the pieces of equipment. I'd just really like to talk momentarily about why I think podcasts are so powerful Um, and a few reasons really. So I think I mentioned earlier, I'm really interested in self-development. I'm always trying to learn something. It's really important to me to to keep thinking and keep expanding my professional knowledge. And I love the fact I can take podcasts with me wherever I go, Um, whatever mundane task I'm doing, I can enhance that moment by focusing on something interesting. So it's transformed my life to have podcasts in my pocket wherever I am and always feel like there's something new I can hook into um, and something interesting I can listen to. And I really love that aspect um, of podcasting. I'm also getting increasingly fascinated by the connection that podcasts can make. So a lot of my Be A Bigger Fish guests have talked about the importance of connection and how it's really helped them to get to know their audience and for their audience particularly to get to know them through this unique connection that seems to happen between a podcast host and a podcast listener. Um, So that's uh, an issue that I'm going to be exploring a little bit further and particularly with the my volunteer podcast that will be coming out soon. I'll be interested to see what kind of connection develops around that. So watch this space for that. I firmly believe that everybody's got a story to tell and everyone should have the opportunity to have their voice heard. And one of the things I love about podcasting is it's completely open to anybody to pick up and get going with. So if you've got a story that you know needs to be told, this is a really great medium for you to get going. If you find it hard to write and you don't like the discipline of producing blogs and that sort of thing, just grab some recording software and a microphone and tell your story, get it out there. Um, This is a great medium to do that. And the last point I want to make um, is about the connections with other people I've made 
since I've been making podcasts, you really do meet some wonderful people in the podcasting arena. I think it's one of those industries where maybe because you can still download most of the podcasts for free. Um, there's still a great collaborative community feel around podcasting. So the Facebook groups I'm a member of and the podcast meetups I've gone to, they've all been filled with really genuinely helpful, lovely people. Um, and the guests I've interviewed for my podcast and the people who've encouraged me to get going in podcasting have all been super. So just from the point of view of the really great people you get to meet, it's it's a worthwhile enterprise to consider. So I always ask my guests what's their one piece of advice for somebody who's starting off in podcasting. And I would concur with all the things they've said so far, which have included things like just get going and don't worry too much about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Just bring your whole self into your podcast and share your voice and celebrate other people's achievements through your podcast and, and all of those positive things. Um, and I'm going to say something that's really pragmatic that I've learned through my podcasting experience. And that is before you publish it, listen to the version you've bounced off your editor. So because I edit my podcast quite a bit and I mix them myself, I listen to them over and over and over again when they're in the editing software. To begin with, I just bounce them and publish them. And one of the podcasts I published had a glitch on it that I didn't spot when I was editing it. And I went through an incredibly stressful morning where I had to take that down and fix it and re-edit it. And I wouldn't want you to go through that feeling. It was a horrible feeling. So bounce your episode and then listen to the bounce before you put it online. That's my one piece of advice. Okay, so I feel like I've talked at you for a long time and that's probably enough for my first proper solo episode. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's been great glimpse back at the past and also um, a look forward into the future as well. I'm loving podcasting and I would love it if I could encourage you to give podcasting a go. What have you got to lose? Give it a go. You'll love it. And keep listening to Be A Bigger Fish. I've got some amazing people coming up. I really only planned to do 12 episodes as my first season, but I think I've got about 18 plans already because I've got some really fabulous people I didn't dream I would get to speak to um, to come and talk to me. So, so excited about what's coming up. And um, I'm really grateful to you for listening. Thank you so much. If you want to find out any of the information that I've just talked about in this episode, I will post the key facts, as brief as they will be, um, in the show notes, which you will find on beabiggerfish.net. say a really big thank you to my co-founder and co-director who listens to every single edit of every single podcast I make and tells me how to engineer it better um, so I really appreciate it I couldn't do it without you thank you so much
And if you want to reach me, you can find me on Twitter as Debbie Aurelius. And I have a business Instagram account, which is Peppermint Fish C. So it's a little curly cut Peppermint Fish C. Um, so you can DM me on Twitter or Insta and um, tell me what your podcast plans are. And I would love to find those out. So I hope to connect with you soon. Thank you so much and goodbye.